Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Self Made CEO Podcast. I am your host, Adrian Finch. Happy Wednesday. I feel like I say the same thing every Wednesday. Happy freaking Wednesday. But it is really such a happy Wednesday right now. I am recording this from home and it is raining outside and here in Los Angeles. It's funny, I go, of course it's raining the one day that I want to record, but I love that it's raining. It feels cozy. It reminds me of home. I'm loving it. So in today's episode, I'm so excited for the interview that I had. I have an awesome guest, Dr. Courtney Baker. She is... She has so many things. She is an award-winning entrepreneur, a podcast host, researcher, author. She's done TED Talks, and she's a nationally recognized authority on women's leadership. So she serves as a mentor and business coach to help creative women shift from side hustler to CEO. Her experience founding and growing Kids Care, a multi-million dollar enterprise, has provided healthcare to over 50,000 children. So today we talk a lot about how she grew her business, scaled her business, the ups and downs of that journey. And then we also talk about her new business that is called Side Hustle to CEO. She created this online business where she empowers and helps women to start and scale their own businesses. So everything from financials to legal logistics and website logistics and everything, which I think is so awesome. Through her research, she has also identified why this gender gap exists, why women you know, are feeling less confident in the workplace, in their careers, and in advancing their careers. And she found out what these four challenges are. We do touch a little on that. And then we touch a lot on just, you know, how to get out there and just start, how to just start that business or scale that business. Talking to her was absolutely incredible and inspiring. I think you guys will all get so much out of this episode. So thank you so much for joining. And without further ado, let's roll the interview. My name is Adrienne Finch, and I believe wholeheartedly that anyone from any background can create the success and happiness that they want. With my proven productivity hacks, business tactics, and a little mindset coaching, this podcast will unlock your greatest potential and transform you into the CEO of your own life, business, happiness, and success. So what are you waiting for? This is the Self-Made CEO Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Self-Made CEO Podcast. I am your host, Adrian Finch. We're here with an awesome guest today, Courtney Baker. How are you? I'm good, Adrian. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being on the show. You guys, this is actually my first interview via Skype that is from my own house. So we were talking all the you know technical guru little bits. It's so funny. Like Technology keeps constantly changing. I didn't even know that Microsoft owns Skype now. That's news to me. Newsflash. I didn't know that either. Yeah. I'm like, how do I do this? But we are on. We're here today. I'm so, so happy. You are someone that I think, you know, is very inspiring your story and how you've built your business and how you are now helping women all over, you know, start their own businesses. And I just, I want to dive right into kind of your story and your background. Um, And then we'll talk a lot about, you know, the struggles along the way, the ups and downs. And and I'm going to ask you a lot about your coaching business because I think people know that I want to start kind of getting into that realm. And I'm sure a lot of people out there want to either break away from their nine to fives or maybe they're not doing things that they love doing. And you know that, you know, we're here talking about how we should feel empowered to do that. We should be able to break away and do the things that we want to do and work where and how we want to work, especially as women. Mm -hmm. So I'm just so excited to get into that with you. But if you want to just begin with a little bit about your background, that would be awesome. Okay, well, so I started my adult journey, really, when I was 12. And um, I my sister was diagnosed with MS. And I helped feed her and bathe her and I helped her walk and talk and she was four years older than me. And then um, she passed away when I was 16. 
And then at 18, um, I became a single teenage mom. I got pregnant. Um, Yeah. So my son was born six months after I graduated high school. And um, he was, you know, really a gift at the time where I didn't know he was, but, um, uh, you know, to, to fill that void. And then I fast forward, I put myself through college, I got my master's degree in communication disorders and sciences, which is just fancy for speech pathology. And, um, then I started working in the working world and realized really quickly, I mean, it was right after September 11th, I was pregnant with my second child. I had just gotten married as well and um, started working and realized at 28 years old, because, you know, you know everything at 28, that I was like, I don't want to continue to be an undervalued employee for the rest of my life and my exact words were I can do this shit myself and so I I mean I had zero business knowledge I had all I knew was I was done being undervalued and um I took a leap of faith and started my own home health care company for kids with disabilities. And I, uh, me and 10 little patients, and um, that company, Kids Care Home Health, has now scaled into 11 cities nationally. And we have over 600. Today I ran the report, it was like 650. 40 employees um, wow. across the nation. And um, we've had the privilege in the last 16 years of serving probably about 100,000 kids with special needs. Wow, that's incredible. Thank what you. What a story. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's a quick and dirty version. Oh, I, I can tell. I know. I can't even. Yeah. Well, the first thing my brain goes to is, of course, like, you know, you had experience with all of that growing up. And I think it it shows that you were passionate about that. You were working in that field. And then I love that you just said, like, I can do this myself. Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, not everyone, maybe some people feel like they do that they can, but they don't actually know the step to take. What was kind of that first when you said, okay, I can do this myself. Where did you even start? Like, how did you even know what to do? Or I guess where to start with doing it yourself, having the business, because no one really hands you this guidebook and says, here's how to start. No, at least probably at that time, especially like now there are more a little bit more coaches and, Mm -hmm. you know, business mentors. But what was going through your head at that time? Well, I'm kind of a ready, fire, aim kind of girl. And my husband knows that. So he was like, oh, shit, you know, like, I got to help her out because there's no telling. Yes. And so he started Googling. Well, back then, it wasn't even Google. Um, It was just looking online for um, business consultants in the medical field Mm -hmm. and found a business consultant who specialized in setting up dental and medical practices. And Adrian, he told me three times not to do it. That consultant. Yeah, my husband always had my back. But I pretty much was like, well, that's great. I appreciate your opinion. Do you want the job or not? Because I'm going to do this. So yeah, why was he saying don't do it? Well, because in the beginning, I had a partner who we had only known each other for about five months. Mm-hmm. Um, don't encourage that at all. Yeah. Um, Good advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was pregnant. And I, you know, was 28. We had very little but we didn't have a business plan which is fine i know now but it's fine um but he just thought all the cards were stacked against me but he didn't know me 
Yeah, and I mean, he must not have been an incredible consultant if you're telling, you know, you're the person you're supposed to be helping that they can't really do it. I don't know. I feel like I'd be put off by that. Yeah. Say, aren't you supposed to help me do this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you pushed through and did it anyway. Yeah, I am too. And um, he he wound up helping us. And I don't know if it was out of pity or he needed the money because it was September yeah. 11th and nobody else was starting a business in their oh, right man. mind. Yeah. So, um, and... We launched, um, I took a week and a half off for maternity leave and opened our doors. That was in July. I opened our doors October 27th of 2003. Wow. That's so exciting. I think that um, also just the fact that you, you know, I'm sure you, you had to hire him. You had to put money into this thing that you pro- you knew you could do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you weren't looking 10 steps ahead thinking, well, what if this fails? What if, you know, I don't make this back? What if it's not going to work the way I want. Um, or maybe you did. Did you have any types of doubts in your mind about it working? Um, I knew because I worked at a pediatric healthcare company. I knew that the demand was there. Yeah. There was only two or three really companies here in the Dallas area that did that mm-hmm. um, pediatric healthcare. And so I knew my goal was if I treated employees the way I wanted to be treated, I'd be successful. Right. Without you knew a doubt. the people are there. You knew the demand is there. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. That's something, you know, kind of in the early stages of business, I think it's important not only to begin niching down, but also to be okay with starting a little bit broader and then finding that niche. For example, I think with what I'm doing, there's not as clear of a, okay, this is the one thing where there's an insane demand there's kind of this broad array of topics. I think that for some people, it's kind of like, okay, well, I don't know where to start. So I'm going to start finding that path. But eventually you have to niche down because the de- when the demand is there, you'll know, like I'll even get feedback. I'm like, okay, people need help with this. So it's cool that you kind of already had a built in like, hey, this is something that needs help. Because I feel like those types of businesses are always the most successful where you can tell right now, like people will pay anything for this kind of help. People are up at night, worried about this, needing this. So that's awesome. I mean, you really took that opportunity and like absolutely grew and capitalized on it. That's incredible. Thanks. Um, so I would love to hear more about kind of that journey, I guess, over time of building that and scaling that and maybe any road bumps you hit or, you know, anything you want to share about that. Cause obviously it's grown immensely and that's mm-hmm. so impressive. Um, so I'd love to hear kind of how that, I guess, grew. So <laughs> there were a lot of, uh, potholes on the road to success believe me um my two days after we opened my former employers had nice little papers sent to us from a man in uniform and so that was a huge bump and then um we also had a uh disagreement my partner and i had very different work ethic um and so we had to part ways and I've had my own personal health challenges through um, the journey in 2005 so just right after um, we opened really I my partner and I parted ways and then I had a pulmonary embolism which is a blood clot in my lungs and 30% of the people die before they get to the hospital oh man and then um, in 2012 I transitioned out of the daily operations um, because I look at entrepreneurs in two camps. 
you're either a builder or you're a sustainer. And the company was really sustaining. And that was boring to me. Yeah. And so I decided that what I wanted to do was go back to school and fulfill a dream that I'd had since I had been that single teenage mom, and that was go back and get my doctorate degree. And so I went to Pepperdine um, to get my organizational leadership doctorate. And I kid you not, Adrian, I was sitting in orientation and our task was to write our 80th birthday toast and wow yes i love that i love that gives me chills it was well and i realized i wasn't living as the person i wanted to be remembered for i was 37 years old so i'm writing this and this is in august of 2012 and september 18th 2012 i had a stroke in two places and underwent a seven-hour brain surgery. Oh, my. What are the... Okay. Wow. <laughs> what? Like, I'm just, like, in shock because I feel like not only are you working to, you know, in a healthcare field where you're trying to help so many people, and then you are dealing with multiple, what seem to be random-ish and sporadic, major health concerns. Mm-hmm. I can't... I mean, I'm so happy that you're okay and that you're here and thriving, but dang, what what was that? What happened after that? Like, what was that even? I can't even imagine what that was like. Oh, it was it was overwhelming, and it really could have been like that catalyst that said you're done. Um, but actually, I had a friend who I'd met at orientation, and in um, we'd had one class, and he called me, and he was like, "Get your ass back to class. You got this." This is not an excuse. You don't have an excuse. Get back. And I took that semester off to really heal yeah. and uh, re-enrolled in January of 2013 and finished my doctorate at the end of 2015. That's amazing. Before he did. <laughs> You're like, I can do this. That is so awesome. I feel like I like to believe I would be the same way where you know, if, if anything, it would be even more reason to really push because you're like, hey, life is short. I'm not going to sit around and wait for these opportunities to come to me and wait for, you know, me to just never fulfill on my dreams. I think, I mean, I can't speak for, I've never been in that position, but I, I, you know, even I had a friend actually last week completely suddenly pass away unexpectedly. Mm. And it was just, it's always one of those moments where you just really put things into perspective and, you know, you can t- make one or two choices. You can decide to mope around and be really sad for a long time and not take any action or you can take that and you can say you know what for her for everyone who didn't have that opportunity I am not going to sit around and whine and complain and be scared and have doubts about this I'm just going to do it Mm -hmm. because now is the time and life is too short to not yeah and it could have been over you know and I had just Mm -hmm. written my 80th birthday toast and I was like Mm -hmm. I got shit to do you're like no I'm not ready for that come on yeah yeah (laughs) wow and and my journey through the doctorate process I really focused on women's leadership and that has changed my whole you know life and and everything since then um and my journey to give back and and help inspire and encourage and with my business knowledge really pour into the next generation of entrepreneurs yeah oh that's incredible i mean i so i'm so aligned with all of that i I love that you're doing that 
I think that's what we need to. We just need more of that. I want everyone, especially women and, you know, people who haven't felt like they've been heard. I want everyone to feel like they have those types of opportunities and that they can just go get them. So that's incredible. I would love to speak kind of on or have you speak on that transition of, okay, so your business had scaled, it was sustaining and you said, I want to do more. So you get your doctorate and you start really focusing on women's leadership. And is that when you began like coaching and, you know, doing courses and all that? Or how did that kind of start? So on in my research, I looked at, you know, I'm in healthcare and 75% of 75 to 80% of healthcare is female. And at the top levels of leadership, only 11% of CEOs in healthcare are women. And that pissed me off. Wow. Because I was like, where are my peers? And, you know, as a CEO, as a female in healthcare, that was unacceptable to me. And so that was my research. I looked at what obstacles and challenges women are going through to get beyond that corporate, you know, ladder or up the corporate ladder. And when I found the four obstacles that women are going through, I realized this is not specific to healthcare. This is gender specific. And so then I took that in that research and I started doing informal interviews to find out from women at all different levels in their careers what their obstacles were. And they were the same. Mm -hmm. So my hypothesis was correct. And the four obstacles are family obligations. Um, The second one is limited advancement opportunities. The third is gender-based discrimination. But I looked at it and I thought, it's the good old boys holding women back. Mm -hmm. And they're still out there, and I lovingly refer to them as Bubba's, and we've (laughs) all run into a Bubba. But more often than not, Adrian, women were responsible for holding Mm -hmm. women back. Yes. And that pissed me off. That, I I absolutely agree with that. I think that they're... It's, you know, the way that society works, the way that we are, things that are ingrained in our brains as little girls. And I mean, same with men as little boys, the way that we are taught and things that we hear and the fixed mindsets we develop and the discrimination that we do face, it all, it sets the tone for what what we believe about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I, I have experienced that where, you know, off, of course there is always actual gender discrimination in the workplace, in anywhere, there always, there is. But so many times it's like, but the the woman isn't asking for the raise even because, you know, she's, she is thinking, oh, well, I'm not going to get it like, because I'm a woman or, you know, I'm not confident that, oh, that's just not how it works or whatever that inner monologue is in your own head. I've, I've witnessed that so many times we're actually holding ourselves down. Same with, I think women being intimidated by other women or women CEOs or bosses having women employees and those them them not even getting along as well because of that same kind of thing there's this weird tension i think that women have with each other and with their themselves and whether or not i mean you what i love is that you actually have this research i want to hear i want to learn more about this because Mm -hmm. in my head i would think you know my instinct is to think i think a lot of that discrimination is actually causing like you said us to put it upon ourselves we are actually having that conversation with ourselves like oh well i'm i can't do that i can't it's just not this isn't my pay grade. I can't rise above. I can't be better than him or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Please tell me more about that. So the I, fourth so challenge you just hit on, it was confidence. Mm. How many women, 
it was nearly 80% of the women that I talked to talked to me, a complete stranger, about how yeah. they lacked confidence. Wow. And so I... You know, to talk about pivots, you know, when when I started this journey, I was really like, um, I'm going to change corporate America. We've got to fix this. And I found research that was done by McKinsey along with Lean In that says at the rate we are going, we are more than 100 years away from gender equality at the sea level. And that pissed me off. Yeah. And the second thing that I found was a New York Times headline in 2015 that read, fewer women run big companies than men named John. Ooh, I hate that. I know. (laughs) Oh, that pisses me off. Yes. And so I was like, I'm going to change the world. But then I realized I don't care about corporate America. I don't have experience in corporate America. I have been a lifelong entrepreneur. And so I decided at that point that instead of changing corporate America and speaking all over the nation, I am going to help women start and scale their own businesses providing services. So if you're a creative entrepreneur, a wedding planner, a digital marketer, those are the companies that I have helped start and scale now. Mm-hmm. And that's because of largely, I would assume, but I would love to hear your experience with starting and scaling your own business. Yeah. 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 And I have two daughters. I mean, my daughters are 16 and 12. And I said, you know, I thought to myself, what can I do to impact their generation? And mm-hmm. it is hitting that the, my target generation is like the sandwich in between me and them. Right, right. Especially, I think, I mean, I can't even imagine what the younger, younger generation is experiencing with social media and all of these. I mean, it's so different than when I was even, you know, going through middle and high school and And you're right that I think it's kind of that ripe, you know, college and beyond your first job, your first transition, your second transition that is really our time to decide, you know what, I'm going to take control of my own life and my own dreams. And I'm going to, I know that I can have that confidence. I, I so resonate with that because I think that I've always been that way naturally. It's funny now reflecting back and thinking, wow, I was just so confident. I just knew everything would be fine. But then I think, why did I know that? You know, where did that come from? I think part of it was just personality. But I think also part of it was Mm -hmm. having mentors and having guidance. And I had a career counselor in college who just worked at my university. And but I would go I would go meet with him like every single week and say, what do I say during this interview? I don't want to say the wrong thing, but like this and that. And like even he helped me really shape my own confidence in the workplace and knowing, hey, I can literally do this I can work hard at anything and achieve it and I feel like that this is really the right age group to be instilling that now but also I love the fact that it's never too late either if someone is 40 50 and in a job that they don't love and they're looking at their future they're bored or they're thinking you know what what is my retirement what is the rest of my life those people can also step away and decide you know what no I don't want to do this I'm actually passionate about this and start Mm -hmm. to actually do that I think that's incredible. Yeah. Was was it tough kind of, um, I know you said you realized that all these issues were, you know, happening not just in corporate America and also not just in healthcare. So when you started, you know, taking on clients or helping uh, women with scaling their businesses, was it, 
what was that like um, kind of navigating their different industries that you maybe didn't have experience in? So the foundations of business are all pretty much the same. I mean, you've got to look at financial, you've got to look at marketing, you've got to look at messaging, you've got to, you know, one of the girls, she's an event planner. When she and I first started working together, she'd been in business for a year and a half. And she came to me and she showed me all of her things. And I looked at it and I said, but hun, you're a DBA, you got to get an LLC. And she didn't even know the difference. And so it's just those those basics of bridging the gap of where they are to where I am and filling it in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of of the mindset that if I don't know it, we can figure it out. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think that that is the most important thing because I was just going to ask you, so where did you learn all of these things? You know, and of course, when you started your business, I'm sure you you hadn't yet, you know, done more of done the research, gone back to school. Did you, did you like figure all of that out along the way? Or did you take courses? Did you have a mentor? Like, did you just kind of figure it out as you went? And then that experience is what really shaped how you were able to help other people with it? Yeah, I mean, I did hire that consultant. And, you know, I'll be completely transparent. So I started Kids Care with my dad gave me $10,000. And then my partner invested 2,500 and I had 2,500. And we put that all into a pot. And I mean, I still have my my bank records of like watching it dwindle down yeah. and then going into the negative. And yeah. so it's like, it's such a combination of the school of hard knocks, the school of learning and the school of what I did and that I would say absolutely don't do. Right. Yeah. No, that I mean, that's awesome. Uh, and I think that for you to even take that leap. I think that's what some people don't have the confidence and courage to do is, you know, you put all that money in and you could have easily said, been scared or said, yeah, oh no, it's dwindling down. I should stop. I don't know. This isn't, no, but you knew, you just fought through. You're like, no, this is absolutely going to work. I'm going to mm-hmm. figure it out. I think the problem solving is so important. I even look back at when I first started YouTube, which was only about like four years ago. And I had this really popular series where I went out and interviewed strangers on the street about either awkward topics or, you know, it was kind of, I did different things back then, but it was super entertaining because you would hear what people had said and it would be like the funniest, weirdest stuff. And everyone loved watching the videos mostly because they just liked that I had the confidence to go up to strangers. They're like, it's just so, I could never do that. I just want to watch you do that. This video series did really well. And at the time it was so clear to me. I was like, okay, I need to lean fully into that. Like do more of that, bring it up another level, get a videographer, do it more regularly. Like, and for some reason at that time, I think I was just young and I didn't really know. It was like, I would hit a roadblock. And so then I would just stop instead of problem solving. My roadblock was I need a videographer that I can consistently go out with so that I can make this series more consistent. And I literally would just sit there and be like, but I don't have money to pay someone and I don't know who would do it. And so then instead of like solving that problem, I just stopped. Mm. And I always look back. I do not regret things in my life. I I'm someone who really loves to learn from failure and feedback. And you know, I don't, I have a really good outlook on that, but this is the one thing in my life. I think ever where I was like, I really wish that I had actually just leaned into that and solved that problem and just gotten a dang videographer. Like I know right now I would be, I would have been like, okay, how can I, what, what resources do I need? Let me like figure it out. Any problem. And I think there's like this growth that happens in our earlier 20s, potentially, I don't know when, where you're like, wait a second, I can actually fix this. So let me do that. 
rather than sitting around and just causing a roadblock to make me stop. So I love that. I love that you were just a problem solver, obviously, that entire time. Guys, we're going to take a really quick break, but we will be right back. we are back. So, okay. What do you do? What is your day to day now? So you have the business. Have you completely stepped away from the kids care business or are you still CEO and overseeing that, but working more on the coaching? So I'm the CEO and chairman of the board. And, um, I, I pretty much have an executive leadership team and they come to me and we meet every so often. I talk to my president weekly and just get a high level overview of what's going on and then give it the thumbs up and then they go. Um, And I mean, we have expansion plans that are just crazy and it's going to be amazing, but it's just, you know, kind of my, that's good. Keep it up. And I am 100% committed to working, change the future. And Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's I have my podcast, Women in Business, um, Mm -hmm. and I have a course called From Side Hustle to CEO that talks about those fundamental business principles of getting your LLC, the marketing, creating your customer avatar, um, just all the things that people need to know. And the thing about it, though, Adrian, is that there's a lot of coaches out there. So it's really getting clear on who you want to emulate or whose advice you want to take mm-hmm. um, because I think that it's it's standing out in a noisy space for it me is. right now mm-hmm. yeah and um, it's been a journey for me I mean yeah. there's been days where I've been like screw it I can just sit at home and eat bonbons all day but that doesn't <laughs> right. fulfill me right um, I mean my passion is really the, the what pisses me off and it's the gender gap yeah and you know i always say i know i can tell that you feel this way as well i always say impact generates income if you're going into a business thinking okay how can i make the most money doing this we all want to make money obviously mm-hmm. and also i think we shouldn't shame each other especially women for wanting mm-hmm. to make money mm-hmm. for wanting more money you know it's it's not this thing about greed it's we should want to be successful we should because it means we're helping people. If we're making a lot of money in our businesses and our businesses are directly positively impacting people, that's a good positive thing. Mm-hmm. So I think I am always saying, you know, if you're going into a business right away because you're just trying to think of every little avenue of making the income, it's not going to have the same effect as if you're going in thinking, I'm going to impact these people positively. I'm going to change their lives. I'm going to solve a problem that they have. Because then the clients will come running to you because you are actually providing a proven and repeatable system or course or, you know, coaching lesson that is changing their lives and they will throw money at you. Um, And I I think that that's the most important part is when you're focused on creating something new is how are these, how are you going to help 
someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that you're doing that and you're doing that one person at a time. Do you do one-on-one? So you do one-on-one stuff, but mm-hmm. how do you scale that? Or have you ever, I know you have your course, so that's mm-hmm. awesome. Cause you can obviously scale that. Um, but have you ever run into thinking like, man, I wish I could help more people one-on-one and I obviously don't have the bandwidth to do so. How do you kind of like spread your time across one-on-one coaching, keeping up with the the courses and the podcast? I would love to hear kind of just your time management. If you don't mind, I know that's random. but No, no, it's funny because it's like, you know, I... I love to work, yeah. um, and I I wake up. I I have built a team already of people who are you know helping keep all the balls in the air, but that's only so I can invest my time in helping more people. And I have a group that meets on Monday nights over Zoom, and mm-hmm. um, I mean they're they're all over the the U.S. and and it's like they just they're doing one's a wedding planner one's a web designer one and and i love the the interaction really between them them because it's there's so much learning in that component of the group aspect of it it's like oh my god me too you know yeah i actually love that especially because they're in different industries it's cool to to hear that they can still relate on all the same problems. And actually, I bet it's kind of refreshing and nice to be able to have an outside perspective on someone's industry that you're not involved in and kind of say, oh, you know, I can see that clearly because I'm not involved in that. And I think you can do this. I I have meetings weekly with one of my good friends who, you know, we're not involved in each other's businesses, but we have a lot of the same problems as well. And we'll kind of talk about it. And it's so clear to me when she has a problem, I'm like, oh, no, do this. And she's like, oh, my God, why didn't I think about that? And same with me. I'm like, wait, how did I not think about that? Sometimes you just have to get out of your own head and just hear other people's issues. And yeah, I think that's awesome. I was on a podcast recently and I was talking to a lady and she's she's my age. And she was like, you know, there's so many solopreneurs, but what we wind up being is lonelypreneurs. Wow. And it broke my heart. I was like, that is what I'm trying to foster in this community of women to hear, you know, I'm going through the same thing. What did you do? How did you, you know, problem solve? Yeah. Yeah, that's so incredibly true. I think the group aspect of it is so important. Even just getting a community together on a Facebook group or on, you know, those, Mm -hmm. if you're doing group coaching, like, people tend to think very specifically about their niche and their industry. And it's like, but all the principles are the same. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, I would love to kind of, yeah. Well, and I I do have a Facebook group too, and it's called From Side Hustle to CEO. I love it. I got to join. Yeah. Yeah. Because I really, I mean, I'm someone who, you know, I'm trying to help other people as well as I'm also a work in progress. And I think Mm -hmm. that's important to remember is you can, you know, just because you're a work in progress and you're progressing your own business and scaling your own business doesn't mean you don't have anything to offer other people. I think a lot of people hesitate to do these types of things because they say, well, who am I to give this kind of advice or who am I to help others with this when I'm not necessarily doing this, you know? And I'm like, no, if you have wisdom and experience and in anything and you can help, you can help someone. Even like some of these episodes, I'll read a book and I'll be like, whoa, that was life-changing I'm gonna go share it on the podcast before I've even tried out these tactics I'm gonna share it with them because why not I feel like we can all learn and grow together Mm um I would love to kind of rewind for a second to the gender um to those four issues that you were saying that women have in Mm -hmm. business and then just in life um I want to get more into those because I think also for me um 
I have both male and female listeners, but of course, as a woman, and I think even my male listeners can agree, you know, we need to be doing more to empower each other, especially the women. What advice do you have for just, I know there are so many things, but for some, for any woman listening right now who maybe wants to take that leap and start something and is afraid or doesn't have the confidence and is probably every four, all those four things you said are probably like, yep, yep, yep. And yep. What kind of advice would you have for someone in that position? So the common denominator is really confidence and of all four, because if you're confident enough to step up and say to your spouse or your kids, I mean, if they're, they're smart enough to run a smart device, then they're smart enough to run a mop or a broom, Absolutely. you know, and they live there. My kids have been doing their own laundry since they were 10, you know, but it's like, I think that we find our confidence. So there's an Ohio State professor named Richard Petty, and he defined confidence as the stuff that turns thoughts into actions. And I thought about that for a little bit, and I thought, you know, I think it's more than that. Because even hamsters in a wheel are in motion, and that doesn't make them confident. Mm -hmm. It just makes them in motion. And you can do a lot. Motion doesn't equal progress. And so I really thought about it, and I created my own theory. And I said, you know, I think that confidence is actually found at the intersection of courage to know your purpose and faith to walk in that purpose and to take those hard steps when you can't see the road ahead of you. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I, I think that's so important. Even, you know, a lot of the things that I know and preach, it's really, it's hard. Our brains want to naturally fight it. You know, the whole phrase of like, you don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step, which I try to practice every single day. I try to not look months and months ahead and all the potentials of what could go wrong, because why would you? It's so much better to just take that first step. And, but you know, that's hard. Sometimes our brains are like, no, we got to We got to think, we got to think about every little action. Mm -hmm. And we do overthink, I think, as humans, we overthink way too much. And I, that's what I love helping the, the women that I help build their businesses, I have that accountability piece of, and, you know, I asked them one time, we were talking about superpowers, and, and I said, I don't, I don't know what my superpower is. And they were like, you can tell somebody with love exactly what they need to hear without it coming across as being um, overly critical. Right. And... I thought about it and I was like, they're right, but is that okay? And they, and you know, but the thing is, like, sometimes we just need to hear the hard stuff. Oh, yeah. And that's what gets us into action. Yeah, we need to. I'm a huge fan of that. It's never comfortable. It's not comfortable Mm -hmm. hearing things you're doing wrong or things that people don't like. But if we can start getting used to being uncomfortable every single day, that's, I think, how you can gain the most confidence, thrive, and like, just be the best version of yourself because yeah, it sucks. But if you don't hear that, you can't improve it. And then you mm-hmm. can't, you know, have your business or yourself even be that successful. What are things that you maybe tell people to help with that confidence factor? Do you help kind of coach them into feeling more confident about themselves? Cause I know again, it's like, I don't know why. I mean, I think it took me a long time to build confidence, but I'm so confident right now. And I try to think back and I'm like, what, why am I like that though? And I think part of it is just wiring, but 
I don't know. I don't know because I've always been like this and I'm not trying to brag or anything. I just feel very lucky that I have felt confident. I sometimes I don't even know why when I was younger, I would take such so many risks. I don't even, and now I'm like a little bit more afraid of taking risks, but how can we start helping, you know, develop this confidence in people when they just feel like they just are not confident? So if you look at it, like if, if you're standing on a bank and you want to get to the other side, instead of just jumping, take those little, you know, leap, leapfrog, little baby leap pads or lily pad steps of, okay, I may not want to, um, let's say, go to that networking event, but how about I just meet one person um, or ask one person to go to coffee tomorrow? One person, hey, what, you know, what can I do to better serve you in your business? You know, like ask for the sale, ask for, you know, do the hard stuff. Because the hard stuff is where you're not going to wake up and go, Oh, today I feel confident, but it's taking I know, wouldn't this, that be nice? Yeah, absolutely. I do wake up with my sassy pants on sometimes, but not confident. <laughs> Me too. You know, but it's like just finding those little steps on those lily pads of, okay, I did it. So maybe it's opening your own business. Well, you can't do it overnight, but you can file for an LLC. You can go get a business bank account. You can put up a website. You can, you know, it's like taking those steps that are actionable. Yeah, I think that's so important. I talk about that a lot too with just like, you're actually going to make more progress overall if you consistently take very little baby steps versus Mm -hmm. if you tell yourself to do this. I I make this reference with going to the gym. Like Mm -hmm. you could do one really intense, long, super hard workout. But then if you don't do that again for two weeks, it's not going to create any progress. If you go and you only run for 15 minutes, but you do it every day and you show up and you do the little thing, that's what's going to create that progress. And I bet people don't realize that by taking those little steps, like having that coffee meeting, you're without even understanding consciously you are becoming more comfortable with it and then Mm -hmm. you will do the next thing the next and before you know it you'll be like speaking in front of people and you're like what (laughs) how did that happen yes yeah and it's those baby steps that really look back and go i didn't wake up with 640 employees right it was me but it was taking those action steps every single day even in the hard times even in the hard times yeah Yeah, even in the quicksand you're still walking Yep. And I, I also, I heard this thing once that I thought was so interesting and so true. Sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our heads around having faith. You said, you know, the intersection of courage and faith. And I, you know, immediately thought it's so interesting that we can have faith in so many things in the world. We have faith that when we flip our light switch on, it's going to turn on the light. We don't understand the wiring in the wall. We don't, we're not electricians. We don't have that knowledge. We just know that when we flip it, it's going to turn on. If you Mm -hmm. go to a restaurant and you order food or you sit down at a table, we don't know how the staff works. We don't know what their employment is like and they're managing, but we know that a waiter is going to come up to our table. Like we don't think about it. We just know. We know that if we order something, it's hopefully going to be the right thing, right? Yeah. But we don't know why and we don't know how. It just We just have faith that it does. And I think it's so hard for people to take that same exact you know, understanding and faith and apply it to their own selves. You don't have to know right now the how and the path and each step by step of like that goal or that dream that you want to accomplish or even just, you know, I want to make more income. I want to start this business. 
you don't have to, and in fact, most of the time you won't know how that's going to happen. You just have to have the faith and believe that it'll happen. And it's like, it's so interesting to think, why can't we sometimes apply that same faith into our own selves? And I love reflecting on that Mm -hmm. because I just think when you put it in that way, you're like, oh, wait, that makes so much sense. Take question. Yes. You're betting on the one thing that you can control, and that's you. And that's you. Yeah. What a better, there's no better bet to make. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely not. And, you know, we're, same goes with like self talk. Sometimes we talk to ourselves in a worse way than we would talk to our worst enemy. Mm -hmm. Like, if you are saying things to yourself that you would not say to another human being, that's not good. Mm-mm. And and just taking the time to kind of reflect on that and take that step of realizing that you're doing that and maybe realizing that you're not having faith in your own business, you're thinking way too far ahead, I think is so important. I've had to really work on that because I'm a planner. I'm like a mm-hmm. type A, like I got to know what's going on. I got to be in control and plan and have an outcome. So I feel like I didn't waste time because mm-hmm. I love working as well. I'm a huge workaholic and I'm like productive. I need to be super time efficient and whatever. And what I find is that usually I just waste all this time making those plans instead of just doing. Yeah. My motto with all of my mentees, launch ugly. Oh, I You'll love figure that. it out. Just I launch ugly. I love that. I literally love that. I love that so much because that's so like, that's like a fun, lighthearted way to basically put what I've been struggling to do is like throw spaghetti at a wall. Just do it because you'll learn more from doing it than from trying to make it perfect first. Because either way, it's not going to be perfect. So how do you learn to play basketball? You 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 freaking play basketball. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. That's actually kind of how I felt about this podcast when I first started was like, I knew that I wanted self-made CEO to ultimately turn into a, a greater online business that's also helping, um, you know, people start. Well, actually, I don't even know. I, that's the whole point. I didn't even know what I wanted the exact niche to be. I just knew I want to help and empower people. I go, I'm the person that goes up to people at bars or at restaurants randomly and literally is like, what do you do? Do you love that? Well, what's your actual like lifelong passion? If you could do anything right now, what would it be? I don't know why I'm so fascinated because nine times out of 10, whatever the person says is their biggest passion is not what they're doing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why aren't you doing that? And they say, oh, well, because I don't know, like money. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, but really think about it. Why aren't you doing that? And yeah. They're like, I don't know. I guess I just never thought I really, I don't know. I'm scared. And, yeah. And I, I always tell this, there's this one guy, it took me like 10 minutes. He's very shy. It took me 10 minutes to, I was pushing him. We were, it was like 1am and I was, he's like, go away. This is annoying. But I was just so intrigued because he would not, I knew he's like a banker or an, some, some, uh, he works in finance. I could tell I was like, there's something that he's not saying. There's something that he loves. He's not, I'm not getting it out of him. What is it? And I pushed and pushed and pushed. Finally, he goes, I mean, I've always just wanted to be like a rock and roll guitarist. And I was like, what? Okay, what? And I was like, why aren't you doing that even at all? Like, even if you're not going to go, you know, maybe you're happy with your finance job, but but you're not even, but you don't even want to try to do it a little bit. And it's just, that's what keeps me up at night is I'm like, I want people to feel like they can try, just go try just do it so yeah with the podcast I was like I don't know what I'm doing but I'm gonna start here because at least I can start talking and I can figure it out and guess what people like you come in and you're teaching me just by being here and I'm hearing feedback from people I'm hearing what people need more of what they need advice on like if I had just start launched a business launched a course launched an online whatever I wouldn't have known any of that I wouldn't have known that feedback yeah yeah that's insane I love I love it pivot you learn in the pivots because that's that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Because I've had the success 
I've had a multi, multi, multi million dollar business that I don't even have to go into. But guess yeah. what? I wasn't fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I which would, would you rather have, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that whole money doesn't buy happiness and all that. No, it doesn't. What buys happiness is being, for me, and I think we all have our own, you know, carrot or whatever, but mm-hmm. what what is ultimately making my difference is being able to make a difference for others. Right. I love that. And I think people can realize, especially through someone like you, is that it's not either or. You don't have to either love what you're doing and not make that much money or make a ton of money and not be fulfilled. You can do both. And people, you know, it's hard sometimes to see that you can monetize your passions. And that's what you're helping with. I think that's so incredible. That's something that I know is possible for everyone. Like, I want to look at everyone and whatever they like to do and be like, you can make money doing that. Mm-hmm. That's And because I truly believe that. Yeah. And I think the first step and what I've been trying to do is just that first step of just getting people to believe that. Mm-hmm. So once someone believes that, then they can take that next step and like hire someone like you or have a mentor and actually take the action of doing it. But you got to believe that it's possible. Yeah. And if you've got to believe in you, because if you don't believe in you, nobody else will. Right. Oh yeah. My gosh. Yeah. And if I can do true. it, a single teenage mom on welfare and food stamps to Texas Businesswoman of the Year and one of Pepperdine's outstanding alumni and women's leadership. Yeah. Anybody can do it. Take your excuses and knock them off the table. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, for anyone listening who's making excuses, stop doing it. Yeah. I love, I I heard this also in in a podcast or a course, I can't remember. Someone said, whatever you're trying to do right now and you're letting your given circumstances get in the way, whether it's, you know, the issues that you had or health issues or financial or you have kids, you have this, whatever's, whatever's going on, there is someone that has twice as many of those issues right now succeeding at what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. There are multiple people doing that. And I was like, wow, you're so right. Mm-hmm. My problems are not even problems. Those people's problems aren't either. They're doing it. Mm-hmm. Every t- party must end, including pity parties. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, that should be a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Every party must end, including pity parties. So stop having a pity party. Yeah. Man. I love that. I lo- so do you still have any sort of mentor now or coach now? Because I know even gurus need their own mentors. Do you have someone that you talk to about your business? Yeah, I do. Um, not kids care, but on my whole online journey. God, Adrian, this whole online thing, it's a different beast. It's a different beast. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I launched my course uh, from Side Hustle to CEO, I had to figure out like, how do you all these connections and all these mm-hmm. like, the, you need this software. The and this. Funnels. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. And so I have a coach now and she's walking me through and we're relaunching again in February. That's awesome. Yeah. I love I love hearing that because I think it it also just makes everything real. Like I went to your website earlier and I was like, "Wow. Okay, she's totally one of those people who like you know when you see the site, you're like, "Yep, everything's in place and the webinars and this and you know, it's all perfect." And I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, "Ah, the technical part, that's what for me. I'm like, "Ah, that's going to be hard." Um I I purchased a course through this guy and I'm like still taking it and I'm obsessed and I'm pretty sure it's going to teach me those things but it's just so funny like if this were me four years ago I would have looked at that and been like well I don't know how to do that 
done. Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to buy a course or I'm going to hire someone to help. And I think that's the most important thing. Just go do. Like mm-hmm. I could learn so much from you. I want to enroll in your course personally. Oh, well, really, honestly. <laughs> oh, you're you're precious, and I'm so glad that we had the chance to connect. And yeah, I'll tell you how. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, February 20th is when we're relaunching. But um, yeah, yeah. What what is that? So people can check it. I mean, I'll leave obviously all the links down in the show notes. But mm-hmm. what is that course in case people are interested in going and purchasing it? Yeah, it's from side hustle to CEO. And it's the five step or there's five modules. Uh And they have the step by step way and and how to create a service based business. And when I say service based, you're not I'm not selling products. Um, So tangible products, but services. So videographers, wedding planners, photographers. Yeah. um, And and it's tangible. There's no fluff, no BS. This is what you got to do. Yeah. That's so great. And, And you know, and is it one of those things? It's like where if you put in the work, this will work for you. Yeah. It's worked for my mentees. And the thing about it is. Last time I launched, and I'll probably do this again, but it was every week we met for an hour to go over that module. Mm-hmm. So it, as a group, so it was That's like, awesome. so you're not on your own. My my goal right. is not, I'm not trying to make a ton of money through this. I want to change lives. Right. And so it's how yeah. can we meet, you show up and you tell me what you need help with and yeah. we'll walk through it. I love that. I actually really love that because I think that's the course that I did. I love the course, but it's one of those ones you you're investing in yourself when you sign up for something like this. And so you have to be willing to put in the work, but I also like having the support and you know, there's always questions. It's like, I can do the work, but I'm still like ah over here alone. So I actually, I really love that. I definitely want to. Mm-hmm. So should I wait until the relaunch in February or should I hit it up well. now? You, uh, we'll talk because I can. We'll talk. Yes, we'll talk. I abs- I'm not kidding. I'm like so inspired. I know we're on my podcast right now, and I'm over here like, wait, I need to take your course. Um, but no, I love it. I think so many people would be greatly impacted and helped by that, especially well, you know people in this position trying to do more. Whether you've already started or you haven't started at all, like just mm-hmm. wanting to make a bigger impact. I think that's so awesome. I'm like so. I'm just very inspired by your whole journey. I think keep doing what you're doing it is so amazing it's so cool and I love the fact that you were okay with kind of taking a step back from the business that you had grown that's working and that you're not necessarily as fulfilled with anymore I think that's also tough for a lot of people I've spoken Mm -hmm. to a lot of people recently who are in like similar positions but they feel like they need to be there or they feel like you know it's hard for them to walk away but they maybe want to a little bit or at least step down a little bit Mm -hmm. and I think that is kind of tough but it's it's you know it's it's nice to hear that you were like no i i did that and that's okay and my company is still there and doing well and you are quite literally a serial entrepreneur that's what it is it's you build something that's helping people and then you build something else that's helping people and then you build something else that's helping people where do you see your business going for the rest of time for kids care oh my gosh and we're on track we could we could be half a billion dollars in wow 
eight years, 10 years. I mean, it's, we have ex- huge expansion plans. Um, and it's fun. And you know, the thing is, like my little brain, I would have held us back. So I'm mm-hmm. smart enough to hire people that are smarter that than are, me. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. And when you say that dollar amount, of course, I'm like, wow. But what I'm really thinking is, wow, the impact, the amount of people that's hitting. That's yeah. what I think when I hear that dollar amount. Yeah. And not just, oh, yay, money, you know. No, it's all about help. Because when you have money, you're able to help others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I'm just continuing to to do whatever I can to. Um, so my personal business, like my personal brand yes. or whatever, is just continuing to help women start and scale their own businesses in the service-based industry. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so... Yes, that is so cool. And any woman who's listening to this, you definitely need to check everything out. Where can people find you? So I have my Women in Business podcast. Um, You can go to CourtneyBaker.com. And Courtney has no U, um, C-O-R-T-N-E-Y, CourtneyBaker.com forward slash bizmap and get uh, the step-by-step process of what basically the course covers. And then um, on Instagram, I'm at Dr. Courtney Baker and Facebook. And I'm not a tweeter. Um, Yeah, honestly, same. My friends gives me a headache. Same. I can't do it. It's too much. There's just, it's, I can't. I can't. Yeah. (laughs) Unpopular opinion, but I'm like, no, it's too much. And there's just a lot of things going on on there. I, no, Uh, mm -mm. I can't. No, I, I stay away. That is not Same. my not my circus, not my monkeys. Same. Yeah, agreed. Well, good. I will put I will put all of your links um, for everyone to check you out in the show notes. I highly encourage everyone to. I'm not kidding. I went to your site and I was like, "You're doing this right because I need help with this. I'm inspired by this. Oh, I'm well, so happy you. that we got to chat. I am um, too. Thanks for having me. And of course, and thank you for making a difference in this world. And thank you for helping us women too. I think. That's so incredible. So important. Thank you so, 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 so much for being here. I really appreciate this. Um, Hopefully, you know, we could do another episode months down the line. I want to see where everything's gone. And if you guys as listeners have any questions for Courtney or I, feel free to follow the Self Meet CEO. You can message anything, um, hit her up, find her Instagram, and I'll update you guys on whether I enroll in her course and how that's all going. Cause I want to, honestly, I definitely will. <laughs> so I'll update all of you on how that all went, but I'm so glad we got to talk today. And I guess without further ado, I never want to actually end these things. I'm always like, I no, know. we can talk forever, but I will go. I hope you all have an amazing Wednesday and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.